0: place. We thank you for your presence here right now. So thankful, so thankful that you are here with us. So thankful, so thankful. Lord, we just praise you right now. Father, as we're in your presence this morning, we just ask that you'd speak to us one of those words today, one of those words that changes us, one of those words that makes us Take a step back and say, wow, God really spoke to me today. I see more of God today than I have in a while. Lord, let this be one of those days. I thank you. We praise you for that today. We thank you for the anointing upon our lips, upon our voice. And I thank you that the hearts of the people are open to receive what you have to say today. And give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen amen praise god why don't you go ahead and turn around shake hands with five or six people around you there amen amen
1: is your first time with us, we are so glad that you're here this morning. In our lobby right after service at our connection table, we would love for you to come and meet our pastors and our staff. I hope to see you there immediately following service. This week, Pastor Brent is completing his series on The Big Goal, increasing your personal capacity. But first, here's a look at what's going on for you and your family right here at Direction. Lydia. If this is your first time with us, we are so glad that you're here this morning. In our lobby right after service at our connection table, we would love for you to come and meet our pastors and our staff. I hope to see you there immediately following service. This week, Pastor Brent is completing his series on The Big Goal, increasing your personal capacity. But first, here's a look at what's going on for you and your family right here at Direction Church. Hi, Direction Church ladies, I'm Jody Bailey. I'm the pastor's wife here at Direction Church. And I am so excited today to be standing here on the campus of Faith Christian University here with Martha Munizzi, who's here to talk about her conference, Viva La Woman.
2: Well, my name is Martha Munizzi. You said it very well. Uh, But I travel and sing and minister. A lot of people sing my songs in their church, and I get a chance to travel all over the world. It's been incredible the last decade in my life, my husband and I. Uh, But we live in Orlando, Florida, born and raised in, in this state. And God began to reach out to us and begin to, to really stir us about the women in our city. And uh, we've been reaching out through the worship, but God said it's time for women. And they're hungry and they're coming. And so viva means life. Viva means uh, living. You know, it's, it's easy to survive. We mm-hmm. all can survive. But to live, that's what the challenge is. And we want to challenge, impart, encourage, encourage celebrate the life of women, and that's what Viva the Woman's all about. It's very easy to register. You can go on my website, Martha M-U-N-I-Z-Z-I dot com, and it's coming up very quickly, so you want to go now and register. It's August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd right here at FCU Campus. Gabby Douglas will be there, and Christine Martin is coming, my twin sister, Mary Alessi, an amazing speaker, Amy Dockery. We just added her, one of my favorite all-time speakers from Dallas, uh, Cindy Thomas, Pastor Cindy Thomas. So we've got women from all walks of life, all uh, just we have just a lot of spice, yes. a lot of great women with great testimonies. You don't want to miss it. August first, second, third. Go to our website,
1: uh, marthamunizzi.com, and register. All right. Well, I encourage you, ladies, to be with me at Martha Munizzi's conference, Viva La Woman. Here at Direction Church, we're all about the journey together. So, what better way to journey together than by eating together? So next Sunday on July 21st, we're having our big family picnic. This is a chance for us to relax and hang out as a church family. It's going to be potluck style, so don't forget to sign up at our information booth in the lobby immediately following service. We'll see you right here July 21st for our big family picnic immediately following service.
3: Hey, good morning Direction Church. Uh, I'm coming to you right now from the Pocono Mountains here in beautiful Lancaster County, Pennsylvania been speaking at a youth camp here all week it's been wonderful having a great time but I want to remind you that right after service today for 25 minutes it's our membership and discipleship program it's called GPS now GPS stands for God purpose and self and we're going to be helping you discover all three of these things through this process now listen it's only 25 minutes that we're asking you to invest into the church here it'll be the best 25 minutes that you ever uh, invest What today is, we're going to be talking 201. Uh, It's the next step. If you've been coming or if this is your first service and you really like what you see here at Direction Church, then find out what your next step is by using the GPS. We'll see you right after service. God bless.
1: Coming up on September 27th and 28th, we are getting involved with the Reinhard Bonnke Crusade taking place right here in Orlando, Florida at the Anway Center. To get involved with this amazing outreach, you can sign up and get more information in our lobby right after service. As you can see, there was a connection card on your seat. If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and fill that out now, and later on in service, you can drop it in the offer bucket. Thanks again for joining us, and for more information on anything you heard here, you can join us online at dchurchorlando.org. And to connect with us outside of church, you can like us on our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. Until next week. Let's
2: take the journey together.
1: i
0: are doing anything different, and they're really relying on God to do more. And I'm just, I haven't made this statement yet, but I'm going to say this this morning. God's already done everything he's going to do. You know, when Jesus died on the cross and, 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 and God raised him from the dead, Father, Father God raised him from the dead, you know, that sealed everything. That, 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 insured, that assured us victory over things. And uh, a lot of times, uh, some of the things that's going on in our lives, that we're not able to um, uh, get all of the things that we think God wants to have for us, well, it really has a lot to do with our personal capacity to handle those things. And uh, so I-, I said to you last week, if God's, ne- God has a never-ending supply. He, uh, he has never-ending supply, but sometimes we're trying to catch it with with uh, one of those little small coffee cups you were drinking with this morning. But, uh, but you know, uh, I, I believe that we, we may never be able to catch it all, but we'll be able to catch more. And some of us have, are stepping up from the coffee cup to the Big Gulp. Some of you are going to the Super Big Gulp. Some of you are stepping on up to the Double Big Gulp. Others of you have turned into an offering bucket, and we started running out of things, so we went over this week and we got one of them big old work job coolers, uh, you know, the kind they dump on the coach after the, after the game. Because, you know, some people are, are, are here. Some people are getting to the point where they can handle more things from God, more answers from God. Come on, more of God's never-ending supply in your life. Anybody want to get to the point where you can receive some of that in your life? Amen? Amen. That's where I want to be. I want to be at the place where I, I mean, I, I, again, I've said it three, four or five weeks down the road. row, I want to get to the point where I got the 55-gallon drum. Amen? Or I got a reservoir. I'm going to set this right here so everybody can see it. Um, and, and just uh, allow yourself to, imagine yourself being that right there. Um, this, uh, you know, if you want to review these things that we've talked about, you can go on the website and click on media, and you can listen to these via podcast. We don't charge for any of our, our services. You can you can relive any of the services, but this one's on, on our podcast right now. You can listen to all of them and, and, and uh, put them on your iPad, your iPod, your Droid, whatever you whatever you have, uh, and drive around, listen to them in your car.
2: There is great
0: have breakout potential, but seem to get stopped by average size problems. You know, you, you, you just hear of people that have just talent, just more talent in their, in their right hand and, than most people have in their, their whole body, and yet a, an average size problem will stop them in their tracks. Uh, a lot of people want everything served up to them on a silver platter or they don't really want to have to work to get really where they want to go. They just wish it kind of would happen. And, and if they would just do what they know that they're supposed to do, the door would unlock and it would happen for them. Um, not doing what you know to do causes your capacity to become atrophied, uh, to have atrophy and make it stop increasing. Anybody ever have seen something where you're. Become paralyzed. And, and, and even though, you know, some people say, well, you know, Brent, I, I know my heart's right. and I know I'm doing the, the right moral thing and stuff like that. Yes, but I'm not just talking about morality. I'm talking about doing the things that you know to do to increase where you are. I mean, there are, there are things that, you know, if you want to walk with God and we all, we, we've talked about reading the Bible and we've talked about praying, we've talked about coming to church and spending time with God. And you know, we, we know that those things are supposed to be done, but yet we all, all are guilty of, of putting those off. How many of you've ever would be on mean, we are in church. So how many of you would be honest, honest enough to admit that sometimes you go days without reading your Bible? or have in the past, maybe uh, maybe it's even weeks. We don't, we don't say that, do we? See, this is, that, this is how it is. You know, I, I think about losing weight. You know, sometimes it's, it's real easy to go and sneak a bag of potato chips when you're trying to lose weight, isn't it? And then you kind of go, man, why are my clothes not fitting? it's because we're not doing (laughs) it's because we're not doing the things we know come on know to do and that's what i want to talk about this morning is doing the things that we know to do you know the the bible tells the story the story of king saul and we read a little bit of that last week um saul had the potential and the mindset to be the king of israel but what stopped saul from becoming the king that David went on to become is because average-sized problems took him out, and he didn't do what he knew he was supposed to do. Uh, in First Samuel chapter thirteen, verse number seven, we read a c- couple of accounts of Saul here. Um, these are these are things that Saul f- messed around with, and it was stuff that he should have known better about. Now, I want, I want you to think about this before we get to this. Saul didn't become king or, or didn't stop being king because of a vote or an assassination. He stopped being king because God rejected him. Now, that's a, that's a pretty powerful place to be in. God rejected him from being king and it was really not because of anything major. It was just average-sized problems in Saul's life that he didn't take care of. First Samuel 13, verse number 7 says this. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad uh, at, in Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, bring me the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, and Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Now, some of you may be sitting there thinking, what's so big about that? He's the king. He can do whatever he wants. Not in Israel. (laughs) In Israel, the prophet was the only one that could burn offerings unto the Lord, and Saul knew this. That's why he had sent for Samuel. All right? In verse number 10, just as Saul was finishing the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, "What is this you have done?" Saul replied, "I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash, ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled." to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. Verse 13, how foolish, Samuel exclaimed, you have not, check this part out, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Turn over two chapters to chapter 15. Verse number 9. Now let me set this up for you. In this part of the story, he's been told to go down and wipe out the entire kingdom of of, um, Agag. Don't leave anything alive. Don't leave anything there. Take it all out. All right? Kill the king. Kill everybody. All right? Saul and his, and his men spare, spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves and the lambs, everything, in fact, check this part out, next, next part of the verse here, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless, or of poor quality. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry I ever made Saul king for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone uh, someone told him Saul went down to the town of Carmel to, to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then uh, then Samuel answers and says, Then what is all this bleeding of the sheep and goats and and the lowing of the cattle that I hear? Verse 15. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to what the Lord, the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked? And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, uh, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush... For the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight. But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle and plundered to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or to your obedience to his voice? And this is the famous scripture that all of our parents quoted to us if we grew up in church. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, Yes, I have sinned, I have disobeyed your instructions. And uh, the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now, please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you since you have rejected the Lord's commands. He has rejected you as king of Israel. Now, this is a lot, that's a lot of scripture. And that's a long story. But you know what? Saul knew what he was supposed to do before he went down there. Saul knew what he was supposed to do when, it, when the armies were supposed to go into battle. Saul knew it already. It's not like, you know, this had to be some kind of big miracle or where the, the armies were going to cheat death or, you know, this wasn't a, a parting of the Red Sea. I mean, this is not an axe head floating or this is not one of the Old Testament miracles here. This is standard operating procedure for the armies of Israel. Listen, wait for the prophet, he'll burn the offerings, then you go into battle and you'll win. That's how it always was pressure and 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 everyday life and the cares of this life and cares of how things are supposed to be started to weigh on Saul and so what did Saul do Saul changed what he knew he should have been doing and listen what what happened at that point his capacity shrunk he had the ability, he had the capacity before him he could have had a kingdom in Israel somebody from his his line his his children's children and children's children's children I mean all I mean it could have stayed that way forever but what happened it stopped with him because he stopped doing what he knew he was supposed to be doing Listen, there are things that God is instructing you to do with your life. There are places you're supposed to go, things that you're supposed to be doing. I don't know if it's praying more. I don't know if it's reading your Bible more or if you're supposed to go and get a job somewhere else or or whatever it is. But there are things that God's speaking to you to do, and you just aren't doing them because of the cares of this life and things going on in your life. and things. Listen, but we're all wanting to get bigger. We're all wanting more of God. Friends, the steps... In order to increase, end here. Do what you know you're supposed to do or what you believe you're supposed to do. I, I was preaching last week up in, up in uh, Pennsylvania to 70 teenagers. And I kept using the term believe, believe, believe. And they kept saying, well, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know? And you, I said, you know, sometimes you just don't know. You know, God's not really interested in how much we know. It's how much we can believe in him. How much can we believe on him? You know, when he gives us instruction and stuff, you know, this is not in the notes, so I'm going to go off book for a minute here. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe it. Y'all know that scripture. You know? If He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of him, them that diligently seek him. But what is it? the key to that whole verse is right there at the beginning? Faith without faith it's impossible to please God and you know what there are some things that God's calling us to do that we don't we'll never know if it's really God until we do it until we step out there my dad likes to say it this way my dad's here with us again this week my dad likes to say it this way we're stepping out on the invisible bridge the invisible bridge. And, and you know what? Sometimes you get a, a, a leading to go do something or, a, a, you know, a little little nudge to go do something. And, and, we, and you're just like, well, I, I really probably that's probably God, but I'm too scared to do that. Well, how can God trust you to stand up and, and, and do something really big if he can't trust you to believe him when he's trying to get you to do something little? See, we have to do the things that we, you know, we believe or we know we're supposed to be doing. Saul, saul. i mean really this is an average size problem these are not things that should have really taken out the kingdom of saul this was a small little thing this was a, a, a literally a note in the procedure manual i mean it was a little you know those of you have those at your job procedure manuals i mean you know, it's just a it's just a little asterisk in there wait for the prophet that's all it was and it ruined his kingdom forever how many things are we doing in our life or are we not doing because of the pressure that comes from people around us or things around us or our job or, our, or, or, or finances or, or whatever? I mean, is, there's things, pressure all around us that, that cause us to kind of modify our, our steps and, and change midstream instead of staying true to the course that God's called us to, call, to go. These things weren't impossible problems, they were average-sized problems. Doing what you know to do causes things that were giant adversaries in your life to become regular victories. Now let me tell you another story, and uh, we'll we'll pull out some of these scriptures, we're not going to pull out the whole thing, but but, uh, David, y'all know David defeated Goliath. What, what, What was the key to that? He did what he always knew to do. Picked up stones, put them in the sling. And listen, people were trying. Pressure was trying. Saul tried to get him to get into his armor, pick up his sword. That's pressure. You don't get much more pressure than the king. King's trying to make him do something else. And David goes, I I can't do this. He goes back to, come on, doing what he always knew to do. And that's what makes him defeat, defeat Goliath. Now listen, that's a big challenge. Goliath was a big challenge, but go ahead and turn over to uh, to Second Samuel chapter twenty-one. Now, Second Samuel twenty-one. There's more to the story of Goliath. Now, let's start in verse number fifteen. Once again, the Philistines were at war with Israel. And when David and his men were in the thick of battle, David became weak and exhausted. (laughs) And don't you just love these names in the Old Testament? Ishbi Benob was a descendant of the the giants. His his bronze spearhead weighed more than seven pounds and he was armed with a new sword. He uh, He had cornered David and was about to kill him. But Abishai, son of that other guy, came to David's rescue and killed the Philistines. It's killed the Philistine. Then David's men declared, you are not going out to battle with us again. Why risk suffering out the light of Israel? After this, there was another battle against the Philistine of Gob as they fought, another great Old Testament name here, uh, from Hushha killed Saph another descendant of the giants during another battle, battle of gob Elhanan son of Jair from Bethlehem killed the brother of Goliath the handle of his spear was as thick as a weaver's beam in another battle with the Philistines at Gath they encountered a huge man with 6 fingers on each hand and 6 toes on each foot 24 in all who was always a descent, who, who, who was also a descendant of the giants, but when he defied and taunted Israel, he was killed by Jonathan, the son of david 's brother Shema. These four Philistines were descendants of the giant of Gath, but David and his warriors killed them. This is a primary case of the capacity increasing. We went from one guy who had never killed a giant in ever. Does what he, come on, knows to do. do. He goes back to what he's always done. It isn't this brand new formula. It's not a brand, you know, it's not pressure from the king. He goes back to doing what he's always done. He picks up the rocks, puts the sling in, goes out and kills a giant. Then later, here we see four more killed by him and his men all come on doing what they knew to do they went from this to this they became giant killing aficionados (laughs) they became good at it i mean think about i mean you, you think about that one guy had six fingers on his hands and six toes on his feet One guy was Goliath's brother. I mean, there were two more, and they just kept going. Who's next? All doing what they've always known to do. We have to stop letting these average-sized problems take us out. And the things that used to be hard for us, listen, eventually we're going to have to move past those things being hard for us. Things can't continue to stay hard for you, and you increase. You know, I mean, listen, and I, I, I've been I've been as, as good as anybody at offering excuses. Growing up, I was not an early riser. I've never been one of these guys that likes to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, ever. I, I'm just not. I just, that's not, never been me. Okay? So, school, I could offer all kinds of excuses. When it was time to get up and go to school, <laughs> I mean, my mom and me, had some really good conversations. <laughs> and that's a, a nice way of saying we argued. <laughs> I could offer excuses. Offer them, offer them, offer them. Listen, I could offer excuses of why things didn't work out in my life or I could offer excuses of why things, but listen to me, if, we, if things aren't happening in our life because we really are being stopped by something, that's one thing. But if they're not happening in our life just because we're not getting up and doing it, Who's, whose fault is that? That's ours. That's ours, and we're stunting our growth by staying put and not doing anything. There's, a, there's one of those organizations out there, it, um, it's, I don't know if it's an organization, but some, somebody always says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time? You know that. <laughs> you, you, you know you can't look at that and be like, I gonna eat that whole thing. But yet we are so overcome and so overwhelmed by the size of challenges that face us that we don't do what we know what we're supposed to do. It's in this that we paralyze ourselves. When you do the right thing, you align yourself with God's power, God's favor, and God's strength, and it takes you up to the next level and transforms you to be more like him. I'm going to close by reading this scripture 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse number 18. All of us, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image listen if you're if you're born again if you have a relationship with jesus the veil has been removed come on You're you're not seeing through things darkly anymore. You're not seeing, listen, even though we have flesh that we're contending with, you're not, you're not, you don't have, it's not like a veil like it was back in the Old Testament. It's not that God dwells in a building. God's dwelling within you. You have direct access to him. And he is the one who knows all things and can reveal all things to you. And he's leading you. And he, come on somebody, he's guiding you. And he's taking you on these steps. It's up to us to get up and put our feet on the floor and follow those steps. I remember uh, a couple years ago, Jody's stepdad gave us a hot tub in our house in Tulsa. And uh, it was one of them old ones, you know, from the '80s. So this was an acrylic tub, and, and it was one of them ones that, you know, uh, they, people used to build decks around them, and, and you know, it's it basically a, a small swimming pool. And uh, so he gave it to us. And, and when he asked, I thought, man, great, we're getting a hot tub. And He was like, y'all want my spa? And we were like, yeah, great. Well, just come on over and pick it up. And so I'm like, oh. We got to install it. I ain't got no money for that. I ain't never done that before. So I went over there and looked at it. And I mean, literally they pulled it out, cut all the piping off of it. And it's just sitting there. There's this shell, no plumbing going to it, no heater, no nothing. And I'm like, well, it's big. It's gotta be worth something. So we loaded it up, drove it to my house, put it in the backyard. And I had a guy come over and look at it. And I said, "How much is that going to cost?" Oh, I think I could probably put that in from eight hundred to thousand dollars. And I'm like, "I ain't got no money for that." How much would it be just for the heater and the plumbing? Oh, it's going to be about 150 bucks. Okay, I'll take that. Who's going to put the, put that in? I am. I ain't never done that before. I've never installed a hot tub before. I've never done any plumbing before. I worked on a job site with my dad in the summer times when I was growing up. My dad built houses. That's all the experience I got, and most of that experience was walking around with a bucket picking up the mess from all the guys that was in there working that day. That was most of my experience. I picked up little triangle pieces of, of cut boards, scrap lumber swept a lot of floors, loaded in a lot of lumber. Didn't really do a lot of the actual construction. Some, not a lot. But I knew how to read an instruction manual. And that, that heater came with the instruction manual, and the pump came with the instruction manual. And so I got that out, and Jody could tell you, I'd sit out there with that stupid that stupid piece of paper, and I would look, and I would literally try and match the pipes to, ma- you know, and, and I, would r- I would ran it all the way through, and I would, I would glue, you know, do the purple in the, in, the, in the pipe glue, and stick it together, and wait till it dried, and stick it into the next one. And, and I mean, it took me forever. And I said last week when I was taking my history class uh, in college that, you know, I was a good cusser when I was back in the world, and, and history brought back a strong case before me to start cussing again so did putting in a hot tub for the first time I mean I was really tempted it was like if I'm going to fight temptation in my life here it is I'm fighting the temptation to build a blue streak with my words as I'm putting these pipes together I've never done it before and so I'm gluing and I'm, put, and I'm gluing and I'm bending and I'm gluing and I'm cutting and I'm gluing and I'm, and, and I, oh, I cut it too short. I gotta go buy another pipe and I drive to Lowe's and buy another pipe. I mean, I just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing, it. why? Because I knew what I was supposed to do. There were the instructions right there before me and I just kept doing it. Finally, about six weeks later, <laughs> we put the sides on that thing and enjoyed our hot tub. It's still in the house. It's still there. We got a renter in our house in Tulsa, and, and, and they enjoy it. Now, that was after, even after I got it all done, then I had to go fix all the leaks. So I'd fill it up, see all the leaks, mark them with a pencil, drain it, go in there and fix all those. Fill it back up, find more leaks, and drain it. That gets tiring and bored and old and aggravating. Come on, and pressure. I'm sick and tired of doing this. I just want to let this thing... Forget it. It's not worth it. But I just kept doing it. I'd fill it back up, find a new leak, mark it with a pencil, drain it back down, fill that thing with caulking. Fill it back up, see another leak. I mean, I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Come on, and doing it and doing it. And finally, I got it fixed. Why? Because I kept, come on, doing what I knew I was supposed to be doing. If you know what you're supposed to be doing, and listen, if you have a relationship with God, you know. You know what it takes for you to go to the next step. You know what it takes for you to grow in your relationship with God. You already know how much more you should be praying. You already know how much more you should be reading the Bible. You already know how you should be saying no to temptation. Come on, you, should, you already know that. It's now time to do it. Do what you know to do, and you will grow beyond the size of your current challenges. The size of the problems that stopped you today will always be bigger than the ones that stopped you yesterday. Take from the challenge experience and knowledge instead of allowing the challenge to rob you of what's coming next. You take from it. When the challenge comes, rob it. Rob it of what? Experience. Rob it of what? Knowledge. Rob it of what? Something that is designed to take you out. You take it out. Amen? I'll close with this statement. There was a story of a businessman. And the businessman was um, hiring a, a young executive that he Thought had the potential to take his place when he retired, and so he hires this young guy and decides I'm going to take him under my wing. I'm going to give him the next five years with me so he can learn so he can learn everything and take over the company when I'm done. And so he hires this guy, and uh, and he walking walking around with him, and and the, the the young executive says to him, he says, uh, "Sir, how did you get to be so successful in this company?" And he says. Experience, son. Experience, and he goes, "Wow, okay. How do I get all that experience?" And he goes, uh, "I'm sorry, I've I've jumped ahead." His 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 uh, his response the first time was, um, "Right choices, son. Right choices." He goes, "Well, how did you make all the right choices?" And he goes, "Experience. That's what it is. Experience, son. Experience." He goes, well, how do I get all that experience? And he goes, wrong choices, son, (laughs) wrong choices. And that's the truth. But if you do what you know to do, those choices, those wrong choices, get fewer and fewer in your life. So let's do what we know to do. And let's increase ourselves to be something that can really hold a move of God in our lives a bigger move of God than we've ever experienced before, a bigger move of God, a, a bigger healing, a bigger financial breakthrough, come on, a, a, bigger, a bigger deliverance, a bigger joy, a, a bigger things in our life coming straight from the throne because we've been able to experience more of him and, 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 and use, uh, increase our personal capacity. Heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm done.